Our nation and the world breathed a sigh of relief upon learning President Kennedy had miraculously avoided the bullets targeting him in Dallas. But that feeling was overshadowed by an almost unthinkable fact. Someone had tried to murder our president. That thought proved to be so unnerving that country music populist Jimmy Dean scored a December 1963 instant hit with his upbeat ballad, The Day JFK Dodged a Bullet. The phrasing fit right in with the mythos that had been so carefully cultivated since a young, brave PT boat officer named John F. Kennedy began seeking office almost twenty years earlier. It was a way to see the unnerving current circumstances as proof of the President's charmed life, rather than a shattering of our own national calm. As the events broke that day, however, there was fear and confusion among all the President's men working in his White House. Many of their stories of shock and panic in Dallas have been told now, but other accounts have been lost in the fog of conspiracy. We know the number of bullets, but continue to argue about who fired them and from where. We also know that their intended target, President Kennedy, quickly recovered from his minor injuries and sprang into action. In retrospect, it is clear that within the first hour after the event, both the President of the United States and the Attorney General felt the government they represented was under siege, and their civilian authority was in serious jeopardy. How they came to that conclusion, and what they said to those working in the White House in those first days, set the stage for an epic confrontation. Dealey Plaza As the presidential motorcade turned into Dealey Plaza, Secret Service Special Agent Clinton J. Hill did not like what he saw. To the left of the president's car was an open landscaped area at the western end of downtown Dallas. Hill, riding on the left running board of the follow-up car, felt his stomach tighten at the sight of so much open space. On the right, he saw the Texas School Book Depository, toward which the president was waving. Hill glanced up the building's higher floors. The bodyguard's reflex changed the course of history. A glint of metal in the midday sun flashed from a window on the sixth floor. It is not clear whether Hill saw only the rifle barrel, or also perhaps the man who was holding it. Either way, there was no time to look, only to act. He launched himself from the running board of his own vehicle and sprinted toward the president's car, screaming, Go! Go! as he leaped on the trunk and scrambled forward. The driver, Secret Service Special Agent William Greer, inexplicably had hesitated and nearly slowed to a stop, a reaction opposite from what he had been trained to do. Hill screamed, Greer! Now! Greer mashed his foot down on the gas, swerving out of his lane in an evasive pattern. Even as he did, multiple shots were fired, seemingly from a variety of directions, according to numerous witnesses. The presidential motorcade had entered what would come to be called the kill zone. Hill was the agent assigned to the First Lady, but in an instant like this he was trained to cover the president, particularly when he saw that the agent in the passenger seat, Roy Kellerman, whose job it was to protect the president, was frozen, just as Greer initially had been. Hill tried to push the president down, but Kennedy's body was stiff. It wouldn't bend even under Hill's muscle. The Secret Service agent instantly readjusted so he could move both President Kennedy and the First Lady into prone positions across the seat. He supported his body over them with both arms. The President, by his own testimony under oath before his interrogators at the U.S. Senate trial, screamed, Jesus Christ, they're trying to kill all of us! His advisors, Kenneth O'Donnell and Dave Powers, reacted similarly.
O'Donnell was JFK's appointment secretary and political sounding board, and Powers was the president's longtime close friend. Because of their White House importance, the two men were riding in the car immediately behind Kennedy, and they, too, felt they were being targeted from at least two directions and that everyone was going to die. Agent Hill was hit twice, one bullet shattering his spinal cord and the other ripping through his left temple. The amateur film of Dallas resident Abraham Zapruder caught the action, including a spray of blood and brains that appeared to knock Hill's head back and to the left. For many observers, the headshot did seem to indicate that at least one bullet was fired from a grassy knoll area nearby, and not from the upper window of the book depository, the likely origin of the first spine-shattering explosion. Later testimony from witnesses told a tale of Secret Service agents in other cars who seemed asleep or operating in slow motion. 